0: woman here amen have you come to bless the lord to lift him up to magnify his holy name hallelujah lord we stand and lift up No, we lift him up together, church. He is worthy. We adore you, Lord. We magnify you. We glorify you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just worship the Lord, church. Worship the Lord for a moment. Take, a, take back. Look back and just bless the Lord again, church. Honor his presence. We magnify you. Give him honor. Give him glory. He is worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Continue to worship. You may be seated.
1: Praise the Lord. Isn't it good to be in church this morning? Look at all these beautiful faces. Y'all are supposed to smile, unless you know I'm telling a story, just trying to make you feel better. The song we're singing this morning is called, In Jesus' Name, the God of Possible. How many of you believe God's able to do all things? He can do all things. Yeah. Oh, give them girls a hand clap this morning. Good job, guys. I need more floor. I don't have nothing. All right, don't start my time yet. 100 Days of Glory is still going on. And so um, if you want to be a part of that, it's not too late to start. But we've got to go to April the 10th for those that started. So guess what, guys? It is less than one month. And you are going to be at your place of glory. Is anybody excited about that? If If, if, if you gave up something... That you don't even think you liked, You love it by now. You love it. I'm telling you. I've had people tell me that they gave up some sweets or desserts. And they just want some sweets. And d- different types of soft drinks. All kinds of different things people have done. And uh, you knew what, what you needed to do to, to bring about that, that sacrifice that we were looking to get. It's just for the glory of God. To get closer to Him. And so thank you for being a part of this also. Junior talent today. Lunch and practice Uh, will take place today. Lunch will be provided with the practice following until 2.30 today. That's for junior talent, so please be here for that. Also, we have a ladies' day out on April the 9th. Put it on your calendar. April the 9th, they will be leaving the church at 7.45 a.m. That's early. Most of you women would want to sleep that day, but when you put the word shopping onto it, in Asheville Outlet Mall, and that you're stopping in Hendersonville for breakfast at a Cracker Barrel, I think, it changes everything. Y'all want to do 645? I'm just kidding. So 745, be at the church, and we'll be leaving from there doing some car hopping, I think they will be. Also, standing in the gap for widows, where's Susan at? Miss Susan Finley, you all know her, she played our piano this morning. She has taken over that ministry, and we're really excited about that. Can we give her a hand clap this morning for... Doing that for us, we had a a gap, pun intended, we had a gap to fill and God has allowed us to fill that gap. And for all the widows, listen closely, you're going to be having one of your first meetings, it'll be Tuesday, March 15th, All right. So that is actually this week, there's been messages sent out and different things to let you know, but just a reminder, Tuesday, March 15th at 10.30, it's going to take place in the front section of the Family Life Center, I've been told you you guys are going to have some snacks, some door prizes, and all kinds of different things going on. A devotion together, discussion. It's going to be really, really good. So you are not going to want to miss that. Also, at the close of the service, I am going to be doing that Dollywood ticket giveaway. So the reason we do that is because we don't want you to leave until service is over. And so I can hold you as long as I want if you want to win that. And if you're not here, we'll just go to the next person. How does that sound? Actually, we can't do that. Dylan said he wrote the names on there, so forget that. You're not helping my cause here. Just stay. Stay to claim your ticket, all right? Also, we have new giving stations at the back. When you walk out, there's one on either side with envelopes there, and you just drop it right in that box. We appreciate your giving today. All right. If you have your Bibles, the book of of, of Exodus, rather. Let's start in Exodus. I've got a uh, a sermon today that I'm going to preach entitled, Pass Your Garment On. Pass your garment on. Can I borrow your jacket today? I wanted one, though. You got a purple robe back there? You run and get me one. Get, Go grab it. that would be perfect. That's called spontaneity right there. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it, buddy. I want it to look more biblical. Chapter 29, verse 5. Are you ready for this? Let's read the word. <clears throat> the scripture reads, Then you shall take the garments... Put the tunic on Aaron and the robe of the ephod. The ephod and the breastplate. And gird him with the intricately woven band of the ephod. Verse 7. And there's a lot of stuff in between between here that I could read. But time's not going to permit me to read 29 verses straight. And you shall take the anointing oil, Pour it on his head. And anoint him. No wonder God said... In Psalm 133, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the oil that fell upon the head of Aaron and ran down the beard. My Lord, even to the skirts of the garments. So, no wonder he said this. Thank you. No wonder he said this. Oh yeah, this is going to be my ephod today, folks. This is the ephod. That will work right there. Thank you, Brian. The ephod. That's what we're going to use today for that. Just hold it for me until I get ready for it. Thank you. And so anoint him, verse 29, is where I want you to grab. He says, and the holy garments of Aaron, are you ready? Shall be his sons after him. To be anointed in them and to be consecrated in them. There is a passing of the garment from Aaron to his sons. Verse 30. That son who becomes priest in this place shall put them on for seven days when he enters into the tabernacle meeting to minister in the holy place. When we read in this passage, we see that that Aaron's garments are important, but they are to be passed down to someone other than himself. It is to go to his sons. It is a legacy. It is something that he is going to leave behind. It is something that he is going to give them. It is an anointing. That he wore that they are going to have to wear. And before Aaron died, God told Moses, he said, you bring Aaron and his son, Eleazar was his name, to Mount Hor. And you take Aaron's garments. Let's go to Numbers chapter 20. I'm just going to read it to you. So they get to the top of the mountain. Moses stripped Aaron of his garments and put them on Eleazar, his son. And Aaron died there on the top of the mountain. I'm going to stop right Aaron. and I'm going to tell you there's highs and there's lows. And Aaron was one of those guys that he had been at lows. But I want to thank God that when he died, he died on top of the mountain. When I die, I want to die speaking in tongues. When I die, I want to die on the mountain. I want to die when I'm at a spiritual high. That's why for some preachers, they I've heard of preachers dying. I hope it doesn't happen this morning, really. But I've heard of preachers dying while they were preaching. People over in the castle they wouldn't want to go any other way. If I'm going to die, let me die on the mountaintop. The Bible said, then Moses and Eleazar came down from the mountain. Now when all the congregation saw that Aaron was dead, all the house of Israel mourned for Aaron for 30 days. The same garment that the father wore as a spiritual priest for the nation of God's people, Israel. It is commanded, pass it down to your son. Can I say it this way? Pass it down to the next... Generation. It is God saying, I want the son to wear the exact same garment. And so when Aaron died, he may have died physically. But the work of Aaron would go on. That is why mantles and that is why garments being passed on is so important. The problem is when a generation is raised that does not know the Lord. The problem is when there is not a father. And when there is not a spiritual father, and there is not a leader, that doesn't leave behind a mantle or an anointing or a garment for another generation to put on. And somebody said, well, that's impossible. It wasn't in Moses' day. Moses passed it on to Joshua, and of course, they spent 40 years. You remember, they spent it in the wilderness. The Bible tells us that from these generations, there rose up one generation that knew not the Lord and did not know what God Had done for them. That is why it is so important. That if God has done something in your life. You need to tell your children about it. If God has done something in your life. You need to share it with this next generation. The the days of holding it in. And trying to keep it private. Between us and Jesus are over. God is calling for a passing down of a garment On another generation We can't afford to hold it in any longer We cannot afford to just talk about it Or think about it in our mind The way that church used to be Or the way that the Spirit used to flow Or the services we used to attend And we remember when And this and that and the other We need to share that with our children Lest we have a generation That is less fortunate than we are And they grow up without an Thank God for Aaron and thank God for Moses and thank God for a garment that is laid on Eleazar before he's gone. So we need to know about passing down the garment of faith. There is nothing more complicated. There is nothing more challenging than family life. Can anybody say amen? But it was God that designed the family. And the thing about the family is it is some of the best things that we've ever experienced in our life. A matter of fact, we could say that the family has brought about some of life's greatest joys. I mean, we could look back and we can talk about how good it's been. Oh, man, you remember that vacation. But we can also look at the family and it's part of life's deepest sorrows. But you know one thing you learn about family is family's there. Listen, we got some issues, but at the end of the day, what does family do? What's the famous words? We stick together. It was not by accident that when God created the family, and the head and all of these things, there's no accident that when he started talking about the church, that it sounded a lot like the same thing as when he made Adam and Eve, because he wanted the church to understand Christ is the head. There's leaders under that. But we are one body. So there is no wonder what God calls the church in his mind is family. So it is a shame when, as church, we, we lose that sense of family. Because when we know we need somebody, we can go to our family. Let me tell you, in the church of Jesus Christ, it ought to be the same way. That when we need somebody to help us, we ought to be able to find it right inside of these four walls. Because this right here, folks, uh, is family. And God stresses the importance of it. So every one of us is born into what we'll call a royal priesthood. 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. His own special people that you can proclaim the praises of Him that called you out of the darkness into His marvelous light. So God says when I look at this family, we are unlike other families in our neighborhood. We are not like the Joneses. We are not trying to keep up with the Joneses. We are a different kind of people. We are a peculiar people. A matter of fact, the Bible tells us that we are... In a way, we're kind of strange. We are aliens in this world. We are called to be part of not a worldly world, but we are called to be a part of a holy nation. A nation that God has brought together. A group of people called a family, a church. Your family is not like any other family. This family has been born into the body of Jesus Christ. We are a priesthood family. He said we are a royal priesthood. So we are not ordinary. We are a priesthood family. And priests wear robes. And so when you wear the robe. I'm just going to wear this thing. Hopefully it's not too long and I trip over this thing this morning. I've always wanted to preach in a robe anyhow. This is my moment praise God. I'm from a royal family. And I've got a royal garment. And if I'm wearing this garment, God has given me this garment. Because one day, I am going to take this garment and I am going to pass it down to the next generation. It is so important that you mama wear your garment well. It is so important daddy that you wear your garment well. It It is so important and crucial that spiritual mothers and fathers within the body of Christ, that they wear their royal garment and they wear it well because there is somebody coming after us that is looking at us and they are watching us and they want to know how, where we're going to wear this priestly garment. Somebody said, well, I teach my kid how to play baseball. Well, that's good. I'm glad that y'all get in the yard and I'm glad you can throw a ball. That's great. I'm glad you can go outside, you can teach your kids How to play basketball and and to kick a soccer ball and and the hunt and the fish and all of that is good. But can I tell you something about your children? Are y'all ready for this? They watch you in the good and the bad times. See, my kids know me better than y'all do. And I'm going to tell you, I don't try to paint this picture perfect. You know, when I preach sermons, like this, people tell me, oh, you're just trying to get on the snow. When I preach... A word like this today that's going to challenge us, I'm preaching to me too in my family. Amen. This isn't just for y'all's family. This is for our family. And so I don't, I don't want to paint this pretty picture as if I've, just, I've got this perfect little world. I've got this fairytale Facebook, Instagram life. Sometimes it gets rough around our house. Amen. We argue in my house. We get mad with one another in our house. We do things that, quite frankly, just make the other feel unpleasant. Kids forget to take out trash in our house. And we say, if you don't take your trash out, you don't get your allowance. I mean, it's, it's the same thing in our house as it is in your house. But what I want you to understand is I've got on a garment. And the Holy Spirit convicts me and says, you are not just a normal father. You are not just a no- You are a priesthood, father. Oh, God almighty, help And you are wearing a garment. That one day you're going to pass down to those kids that know you. And it depends on how well you wear your garment as to how well they're going to wear theirs. Man, you talk about stir you up. That should stir us up to the core. What garment are we passing on to our children? And not only are we passing on to our children, but we are passing this on to our children and our children's children. And even to the third and the fourth generation, we are passing this down. Listen to me. It is either going to be a generational blessing, or either we can create a generational curse. Now I want to give you really quick what kind of garments we're supposed to pass down. What we've got to wear. The garment of praise would be the first garment that I need us to wear. We should transfer the garment of praise from one generation to the next generation we ought to be a church of praise we ought you know when God said this he said my house is a house of prayer it is a house of praise it is a house that you're supposed to get together to worship and lift up the name of Jesus but you have made it a den of thieves what have we turned the church of God into God says to us that when we come into this place, that we are to transfer this garment of praise from one to another. See Can I just be blunt for a minute? Can I kind of teach you preachy here? If you do not praise the Lord, if I were a betting man, I would bet everything I have that chances are your kids aren't going to be praising the Lord. There, I said it. If you are an altar worker or a supporter in the altar or you don't even go to the altar ever, then guess what? Your kids aren't... They ain't going to show up. Because I understand that I'm passing something down to them. I've got a garment that they are looking at and they got to see if I'm going to get my praise on or not. Now I'm telling you today, please understand with me. This this garment that we have, we can create that garment. That garment can be transferred. That, that, I mean, I, you know, I was thinking just yesterday, and I said to myself, did, did we just lose Pentecost somewhere down the line? Whatever happened to Pentecost, folks? Anybody know? Whatever happened to the church. I'm going to preach to y'all today. I am. I'm going to preach. We need this. Whatever happened to the church? You know, I remember, Susan, I was growing up. I was, I was just a little kid. I was Branson, Ansley size. I'm just a little fella. And I remember coming in the church. This is no life. I'm lying. I'm dying. That when we drove up in the church, I would get out of the car and I could hear people shouting and praising God on the inside from the parking lot. And we did not have near as good a system as we got today. Nowhere near. But I'm talking, I'm, and I'm not talking about just people that held the microphones. I'm talking about I could hear the people of God praising and celebrating the good things the Lord was doing in the house. And my mama, God rest her soul in heaven, but she was always the lady that if you had to show up at 10, she was there at 10.05 regardless of how hard she tried. It was natural. She was always five minutes late. That's just who she was. It was a horrible trait she had. I tried to break that. I don't want to be that person. But my mother, that was her issue. Always late, always late. But when we'd get in and God bless her soul, some Thursdays she'd have to work so I understood on Thursday nights and we'd get to the midweek service a little late. But I remember hearing people praising God and I remember I could see it vividly as it was yesterday and I'd take off running for the door. Because I heard that something was going on the inside. And I'm saying, Mama, we missed it. We missed it. We missed it. We've got to get in there. Whatever happened to that church? Whatever happened? I'm going to preach to you today. Whatever happened to that church? Because there's some of you in the house today that I'm sure you can recall that same thing. But I'm telling you, we just wore the garment of praise back then. And we wore it well. Woo. I mean, you didn't have to beg. You didn't have to plead. You didn't have to sing an I'll Fly Away as fast as you could to make people praise. All you had to do was what one person said. Somebody said, I'll shout. And somebody said, Well, all you got to do is drop the hat. And then somebody was shouting. He said, Well, sometimes I'm the one that drops a hat just so I can shout. There is an excitement about serving Jesus. See, I'm disturbed this morning because what I have seen is the lack of garment passing down going on in the church, and that is why we are dropping off garments and they just lay around. Generations do not pick them up. Better yet, let's say this see, the bad thing is when you don't even wear a garment, so the garment is obsolete. And so if I've preached all the, if I've never lifted up the name of Jesus, if my kids have never seen me praise God, if my kids have never seen me praying, if my kids have never seen me laying hand on somebody and saying, In the name of Jesus, be healed, if they've never seen that, then I don't have a garment to drop because I ain't been wearing it. And so it is so important to Aaron that the garment is on him so that it can be passed down. What has happened to us, ladies and gentlemen? What has made... You know, I want to ask you, what makes Pentecostal churches Pentecostal? Anybody want to guess? Thank you. Pentecost. What is Pentecost? Pentecost is Acts chapter 2 verse 1 through 4. On the day of Pentecost, they're all in one place, they're in one mind, they're in one accord. And all of a sudden there's this wind that's blowing through. I mean, this is a manifestation of the Spirit. There's little cloven tongues like as a fire that is sitting on each one of them. And they begin to what? They are speaking in an unknown tongue as the Spirit gives the utterance. I would have loved to have been in Pentecost that night. I mean, can you even imagine what happened in that room? But there's been seasons in my life that I feel like I've been in a Pentecostal room. And there's been seasons in my life where I have seen the miracles of God. And there have been seasons in my life that I was just glad that I showed up. Because if I would have missed it, you can't replicate this stuff. You can't do it over again just because you want to. It is a special time. It is a special place. It is a special moment with God. But what has made a Pentecostal church sound like an Episcopal church? No offense to the Episcopals out there. That's the way they worship. That's the way they've always worshipped. God bless their soul. But it's not who we are. No. We're people of praise. I think we need to remember that. And this is more than just an emotional kick. Praise is about Jesus. Jesus. And when you begin to lift up the name of Jesus, yes, you will get emotional. Yes, you will start feeling something in your soul. But you are not doing it for a show. You are not doing it so people say, look at me and what I do. When you praise God, it's like there's nobody else in the room but you and Jesus alone. That's when true worship's taking place. When it's just you and Him and it's like nobody else even exists. I'm telling somebody today, That it is time to put back on this garment of praise. Because if we don't wear it now. We are going to raise up another generation. That ain't even going to know what it means to say amen when a preacher preaches. We are going to raise up. Hear me, I'm preaching prophetically today. We are going to raise up a generation. That when somebody like, when I was in the Baptist church. I won't ever forget it, my grandmother. They had the old ashtrays in the front. That kind of Baptist church. Southern Baptist. Patrick. Patrick's like, that's the Baptist church. I wondered why my daddy got saved for about six months. And I wondered why he became a deacon. It's because he smoked. All right? And they just right. We're in that Baptist church. They got a preacher in there that I used to call him Babilcostal. Because he preached a lot like I did. And I thought, well, that's not normal Baptist preaching. What in the world? He got to preaching one night, and he was just a-shaking, and the pulpit was just a-moving. He had a little podium, and it was about to flip over. I thought, my Lord, there's an anointing on this man. So being Pentecostal and young and dumb, I just shouted one loud, Amen! I couldn't hold it in any longer. He was literally preaching me happy. I'll never forget it. I'm about 12 years old, maybe. Went to church. I remember I was sitting there, and I remembered seeing everybody. They started looking because it was so abnormal for somebody to say amen while a preacher preached. And they were like, who in the world is that. And it's this little Pentecostal boy back there that just wants to give God some glory because a preacher is preaching the word. And all I wanted to do was help him get there. I wanted to help him out. He was I had to wear the garment of praise because I had already been to church and I had already seen mama wear it. And she was wearing it good. I had seen mothers of Israel wearing it. And they were wearing it good. So I said, why shouldn't I try it? So if we're not careful, we raise a generation That doesn't even know what it means to celebrate God in the middle of church. When they shout amen, hallelujah, preach preacher. They are more of a disruptance and disturbance to the service. Oh, come on now. Than being viewed as actually just putting on a garment of praise. Every dad should be a praising dad Every mother should be a praising mother Every grandparent in this house ought to be a praising grandparent It has nothing to do with your preference of style Or your preference of music It's about lifting up the name of Jesus It is showing your kids all of these things It is teaching them how to worship God And when we praise Him What we are in essence saying is this Jesus, you deserve this praise And that's what I want my kids to know today That I'm not praising just to put on a show today. I'm not preaching this sermon just so I can get some likes on Facebook. I'm preaching today because I've come to lift up the man that died for me, uh, that resurrected from the dead for me, and that's coming back uh, one day to get me. That is the reason I'm doing what I'm doing today. Secondly, we got to put on the garment of faith. i got to hurry. I'm not even going to get to all of them. Not only should we provide a garment of praise for our children, We've got to wear this garment of faith. One of the most remarkable scriptures in all the Bible is 2 Timothy 1.5. Look at this. This is powerful. He said of Timothy, this is what Paul writes. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois. Can you pull up verse 6 and 7 for me too while we're there, Chevy? I'm going to look at both of those. When I recall to remembrance the genuine what? The faith. The faith, the garment of faith that you've been wearing, Timothy. But it dwelt first. Go back to verse 5. It dwelt first in your grandmother. So your grandma, Louis, had on a garment of faith. Your mother, Eunice, had on a garment of faith. And I am also persuaded. It's in you also. This genuine faith, this garment of faith. Do you understand? Do you see the passing down? It came from grandma to mama. It came from mama to her boy. Amen. See, understand what? Look at verse six. So, what did he say to Timothy? I remind you, stir up the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, boy, but He's given you a power and of love and of a sound mind. My God Almighty, I'm telling somebody today, it is so important. Why does it matter that we have this genuine faith? It means everything. Hear me and hear me good. When the family fails, the culture around us is in trouble. See, I've been watching it for years now. I'm 38 years old. And I have seen in the church, regardless of how good we want to make it sound, I have seen a degradation of our faith. I have seen a degradation of speaking out against sin. I have seen... A generation that cuddles and pets and pampers people because they don't want to offend them. They ain't got no garment of faith. I don't care what they say. All they're trying to do is raise the church, get more people, and get more money in their pockets. They ain't got nothing to, about true, genuine faith. Because true, genuine faith convicts us. True, genuine faith brings us to a place closer to God. Are you here? Why does it matter? See, when the family fails, when we stop wearing this genuine faith, this garment, all of a sudden there's something that happens to us. The culture, the world around us begins to go to hell in a handbasket. And so God is calling for us today. He said, I want you to stir up the gift. Stir up this faith inside of you. I want you to understand today that the gift that God has put in us, the faith that we are wearing, it should burn in us like a fire. Shut up in our bones. He says, Timothy, I need you to go back to the days that you remember grandma and mama. We can transfer this garment of faith to our children. To our sphere of influence. That is why every single week I go to a school. And I am a spiritual father. That's all I'm trying to be. Is a spiritual father to a kid in need. I may not be able to change his life in 25 little measly minutes. But when I go in there I want to make sure that I got my garment on. And that he knows that I'm a man of faith. He knows I'm a man of God. And he, oh come on somebody, I'm telling somebody in this house today, if we've ever put it on, we need to put it on now. I mean, does your children have enough faith to pray? I mean, do they have enough that when sickness and and and, and trouble comes, will they just fall to pieces? Or will they do something different? Will they run to every secular source in the world. To try to find solace and peace. Their first reaction ought to be to cry out to God. And and call together a solemn fast. I mean they ought to say I know that I can call on Jesus. Why in the world would they know they could call on Jesus? Because I got a garment. And I've been wearing it. And they know. That when trouble hits, that's what we do. We just simply call on Jesus. Wear the garment. Don't half wear the garment. If you are going to wear the garment, then wear it all the way. I don't need no half-caught garment. I don't need to be, oh yeah, praise the Lord. Oh yeah. During the week, we can do like this. During, during Sunday, we can do like this. I mean, we can shout on Sunday. I can put on the garment of faith, the garment of praise. We're going to get our praise on. And your kid over there saying, I ain't seen that garment all week. This is all I see. What in the world's going on the mama? And thus we come up with the word that God called many times. Jesus said, they're hypocrites. When they show up and try to put on a display in their garment. Oh God, I praise you. Oh, I tithe, I fast. I I and everybody else that's been living with them is over here looking at this. And I don't see no garment of praise. I don't see no garment of faith. Listen, if you're going to wear the garment, you need to cover in that. Face. You need to put the whole thing over you. You need to cover yourself in prayer. You need to cover yourself in faith. See, understand with me. If God helped Jimmy today, I, I'm, I'm out of control. Listen. That's fine. Just leave it there. Ernie, I was thinking last night. I, I stayed up late and I couldn't sleep. That hour just kind of messed me up. You know what I'm saying? And I was laying there thinking. And I had like a lapse in my memory. And I was thinking about this garment. And I thought, you know, my mama wore that garment well. My daddy didn't wear the garment well. All daddy did was drink. But mama... Wore the garment of praise and she wore it well. She wore a garment of faith. Because her whole life was about faith. Her whole life was about church. It was so much her life that if service ran over on a Thursday night and I had school the next day, that she would put a little blanket under the pew and say, go to sleep, son, if you need to. And I had gotten so used to garments of praise and shouting and rejoicing that people could stomp on the floor and shout. And I'd just sit there and sleep like a baby. Wouldn't even bother me. Nowadays we do that. Just, ah! Scared the life out of them. I was sitting there early last night, laying, or laying in my bed last night. And I said, you know, I wonder, my mama, a mama of faith. I wonder, see I just scared a baby right here. I wonder what would have happened if on a Sunday morning, I got up and I walked in and said, Mama, are we going to church today? Laying in my bed, I thought to myself, I said, my mama would probably spank me and say, don't you ever say that again. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I am stirred in my spirit today. Because the only reason that I would have asked Mama that is if she had wore half of her garment of faith. That's the only reason I would even be able to question that. But I knew before I got up, yeah. you're going to church, and I knew that when I listen, I was sick one night, and I remember Mama telling me she laid hands on me, prayed for me, and I was like, Mom, I still don't feel good, and she's like, Fine, she gave me a dose of Tylenol, and said, You're going to church, you can pray at the altar. Help me, Jesus. I'm going to leave you with this one. and I'm gone. Number four. I'm not even going to go to number three. Lastly, I want us to have a garment of supernatural anointing to pass on to our sons and to our daughters. We need to be able to wear a garment of a supernatural anointing. We need to wear a garment of miracles. I want to say something That the devil does not like and that hell doesn't like. But I want you to know that miracles are for this generation. To every kid in this building today, I want to say to you young people. That the God that your mama and daddy serves is still the same God of miracles today. And I want to tell somebody that if you've heard stories of how that God miraculously did things and you've been wondering where's that at, I'm going to tell you even if Mom and daddy won't put on a garment, I'm begging some of our young people to say God clothe me in it. Let me put it on. I believe for a generational blessing. I believe for generational miracles. I believe God's going to come through and do something mighty even for my hatred. Understand with me today. Miracles can still happen. I think today the garments are kind of looking for some teenager to fall on. I think for some 20-something in this building, a garment of miracles is just looking to fall on you. I think for some 30-somethings in this building, some of you that ain't never seen a miracle happen in your life, I believe there's a garment that God's waiting. And He's wanting to pour it on you. Listen, just because you came from a home that didn't wear this garment, you can stop it right now. And you can say, God, I'm going to carry that garment for myself. God has not changed. If there were miracles in other generations, if there were mighty signs and wonders in another generation, then I will them live in my generation. Esther 4.14 Perhaps God has put you in this position, Queen Esther, for such a time as this. Perhaps some of you young people in this church today, you're here for such a time as this. See, I've been in the altars. I've been the kid in the altar speaking in tones with my hand on somebody's back, much, much older than me, many years my senior. But I was talking to God in, the, in tongues. Praying for a miracle in their life to happen. I've been the kid that did that. God can do it today. Amen. To every child in this building. I'm telling you. If you want the power of the Holy Ghost in Pentecost. That this pastor is preaching about. I'm telling you God is ready to pour it out on you. Yeah. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. God help me today. There's Elijah and Elisha. Just flip those. They'll work. It is Elisha and it is Elijah. Elisha has been following the man of God, Elijah. Elijah has a mantle that he wears everywhere. It is called a a prayer garment. It is a prayer cloth. And see, every time that he prays, he gets down the prophet. And he wraps himself in the garment. He sweats in this garment. This garment is dirty. This garment probably stinks by now. But this garment, this mantle, is coveted by a young prophet named Elisha. And he says, Father, all I want to do is when you are gone, I want that that garment to fall on me. Because I have watched you heal people. I have seen you lay on a boy and pray and and all of a sudden you get up and he's walking around breathing. I've seen that. I have seen miracles. I know what you've done. I want that to fall on me too yeah. now I don't know where elisha's father was, but his spiritual father. do y'all see this? It don't have to be biological his spiritual father. Is about to die. His prayer garment. Sweaty. Stinks. Probably torn by now. But it is coveted by Elisha. And what was the key word that Elijah told him? He said. If you see me when I am taken. Then you can have it. When the mantle falls. It's yours for the taking. Oh God. And that day. What did he call Elijah? When the chariots of fire came down, he said, My Lord, my Father, and the horsemen of Israel, my God. And the Bible said that that fell to the ground. And when it fell to the ground, Elisha said, I've got to have it. I've got to put it on. And do you know what God did for Elisha? He gave him not just one portion. He gave him a double portion of the anointing. Where Elijah had 11 main miracles. I can show you where Elisha had 22 of them because a double portion fell down on him. What I'm trying to tell you is when Elijah died, people thought the anointing had died with the prophet. They thought, oh, the revivals we used to have are done now. Oh, prophet Elijah used to prophesy over our church. But here comes Elisha. And he says, I've got the garment now. And revival breaks out. And... Oh, God... What they used to have back then 20 years ago in Elijah's Revival all of a sudden Elisha's revival is bringing In double the harvest uh, double The miracles uh, what are you trying To tell me I'm trying to tell you even if We've allowed a generation to miss Out on this garment of anointing uh, And this garment of supernatural healing I'm saying to another generation Today is the day to pick it up Because God's going to do more in your Generation than he ever did in theirs If you are willing to wear the garments. Come on, play the piano. I promise I'm closing today. I I didn't finish half my notes. I was thinking last night. As I was laying there. My mama's prayers. (laughs) There are generations of prayers. And anointing. And consecration in the garment that you are wearing today? Right. Somebody grab that and I appreciate it. Right. There is anointing, consecration, dedication in the garment that you're wearing today. When my daddy died, if he would have left me anything, he probably would have left me what they call Lord. Calvert liquor. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Say no, preacher. Never heard of it. That's all he could have left me. A bottle. That could have been my heritage. That could have been what I wore for my children. I could have. I could have beat up the man daddy did it. I might as well too, right? Let's, Let's wear that garment. That garment of worldliness that garment to do whatever you want to and don't care what anybody else thinks wear that garment, it doesn't matter if you hurt other people if you hurt your children, your wife it doesn't matter, just put it on it'll feel good while you're doing it I could have worn that garment but I waited a few more years until mama left this world and when she did I saw it fall and I thought to myself My mama's prayers are the reason that I'm even wearing the garment that I've got on. Yeah, I'll take that garment, because with this garment, something came with this garment. Nobody can't buy it you can't buy it from me you cannot have it because it's not for sale but with this garment came an anointing with this garment came prayers that I'm telling you she prayed at night and when I walk in the room I would have a cracked door and I'd hear her say God would you please make my boy a preacher yes yes I'll take this garment and I'll wear it today and I will wear it proudly. I gotta close. Got the contact all messed up from crying. Franklin Graham back in the 80s, 90s, he was wearing leather breeches. You remember that? He was driving motorcycles. And I remember everybody loved Billy Graham what a man of God he is but see sometimes before the garment falls you got to get your own garment too and he was wearing one he was doing it his way he was reaching a different group of people he was doing a different type of ministry than his father was it wasn't meant for him to wear Billy Graham's garment because Billy was still wearing his garment so Franklin just wore his and I remember in the 90s whenever we had some people in our church that said, oh, this guy is worldly. Look at him in his leather britches and he's, he's driving this motorcycle. Looks like he's from Hell's Angels. He was a good man. He was just doing it different. But guess what happened? One day Billy Graham died. And guess who's wearing that carpet? And he's wearing it good He's wearing it well. Because when Daddy's garment fell, not only did he have his own, he said, I'm gonna put this one on. And can you imagine the anointing that came with that garment? Today I'm here to tell somebody, pass your garment on. But until you have the pass, and I'm begging you, wear the thing well. Because your kids are watching you. Let's all stand. I gotta, I gotta leave. I gotta Father, in the name of Almighty God, I am asking you to stir us, God, in our spirit. I am asking you, Father, to let somebody in this house today put on their garment and wear it proudly. I'm asking you for people today, as I was laying there last night praying, it's as if I could see those half-worn garments something in my spirit was saying would you just tell them today to put the whole thing on because they're kids watching God in Jesus name stir us in our spirit stir us in our spirit what song you play anointing. holy anointing fall on me. would you fall on me anointing you want to pray today, the altar's open right now. It's open right now if you feel the need to pray. Put on your garments. Wear your garment well. Wear your garment well. God help me today. Fall on you today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I want to see a supernatural thing. to put on you right here. Just keep playing. Listen to me. I want to tell you all something. And this is the honest to God truth. There's times that I go to put on my garment. And I'm not going to lie to you. It is so heavy. So heavy. Maybe it's that day that I just don't feel it. You know, I don't feel like doing it. I don't feel like being a Christian today I don't, I don't feel like I don't feel like preaching today but I put it on anyhow and sometimes needs it's so heavy I'm walking there. oh God I can't carry this garment anymore the responsibility because with anointing comes accountability and with power comes responsibility. And if we're not careful, we can mismanage that anointing. And God has to keep us on board. God has to keep us right. But I put it on anyhow. And I come in here and it's amazing that when you start operating in the anointing, all of a sudden that heavy thing becomes like a feather, And you just feel better and you've all week long. And you were tired when you came in. But now, boy, you're so excited. So today, I got to tell you, if you want, if you want one of these, if you want one of these ropes, when God lays it on you, it may be heavy. See, our brother here, he's praying in the altar. But he can feel it. That something has been placed on him that was not there before. So today if you're not willing to carry the burden and the weight. That's why a lot of people don't wear the robe. That's why they don't wear the garment. Because the garment gets heavy. The garment takes my time. The garment takes my energy. The garment makes me struggle sometimes. It makes me a target for the enemy. It puts an X on my back, and Satan says, "There it is." He's trying to wear that garment again. I'm going to go after him. I am going to attack him with everything I have. So don't think today that wearing the garment is easy, because that is the life of hell. It gets heavy sometimes, but that doesn't mean we take it off. <laughs> we keep wearing it. Sing it one more time. I, thank God. Jesus,